What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is the Hulk to my Rick Jones. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Not a whole lot. Didn't do much smashing today, but I did work, yeah. so that's something. <laughs> I just realized well, you were... how sexual that sounded. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I mean, I didn't take it that way because I'm a comic book nerd, but, you know. Yeah. We don't talk about a lot of sex on this show, right? <laughs> I mean, that's true. How are you, man? Oh, you know, not bad. <laughs> wow, following that glorious opening, uh, I'll hop right into some news. I've got a few more uh, on the notes than you this week, so I will start. A lot of like weird little ones for me this week. The first one being... Uh, for anyone that cares, Johnny Depp was asked by Warner Brothers to resign from his role in Fantastic Beasts, like that whole franchise. He plays um, the bad guy Grindelwald. Um, it's supposed to be over like all that stuff that happened with Amber Heard, even though I was under the impression that it was proven that she was lying and like crazy. <laughs> I... I think she was lying about some of it. I think he might have done some of it. But I think at the same I think at, at the end of the day, WWE probably just wants to get away from all of that crazy drama, period. Well, then why is Amber Heard still Mara? <laughs> I, I just don't see, like, I have a feeling it might last in, like, some of the Zack Snyder stuff because he gets, like, it seems like he just gets to do what he wants now. But I don't think it's going to be in the next i they haven't said anything but i'd be surprised if she shows back up in aquaman yeah well i mean i i loved aquaman and i'm excited for number two even though there's no news about it at all yeah i just hope that it's still good whether she's a part of it or not but anyway i do wonder if um because I, I know you haven't seen these so this is more me talking to the listeners <laughs> but if anybody has seen it uh, you know that uh, Johnny Depp's character was played because of a disguise by Colin Farrell for a little bit. So I wonder if they'll have him come back for the rest of the franchise or what they'll do. It's it's very, you know, thought-provoking. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the thing there's one listener going like, huh, maybe they will bring Colin back. <laughs> That's my hope. <laughs> All right, and then uh, moving on, Grant Morrison came out as non-binary this week. Good for him. So, yeah, I'm, I I was talking to a friend about this. Like, if you know much about Grant at all or, like, watched his documentary, it really doesn't come as a surprise. No, not at all. I mean, I so, think the only thing that kind of surprises me about it is that it's just not a wizard but I don't know if that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he, he's definitely a comic book wizard. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. Um, and then another little small thing. It was announced today via email. I'm sure you got a two KCC to E2 has been moved. It was supposed to happen in March, but for obvious reasons has been moved to December. Um, 10th through the 12th of 2021. I didn't, so, I did not, at least if I did 
get this email, I haven't seen it yet, and I just thought, how funny would it be if, like, the people at Read Pop were like, we just don't want Jake at, at the March show. <laughs> so we're going to send him this email. But everyone else, it's the March show. Just if you see Jake, just don't tell him. <laughs> now, here, here's the real question. Would you tell me, or would you honor C2E2's request no i would tell you but i'd make you cosplay as something that covers your face so they wouldn't know it's you so we could still go mm, fair enough but uh obviously i mean it makes sense that this was moved right i honestly thought that that they were just going to cancel the show for the year but the fact that they're moving it to december uh you know hopefully things have calmed down and you know vaccine is out and working or whatever by then and we can you know go back to enjoying c2e2 our favorite show yeah and for those that don't know that's the chicago comic and entertainment expo it's the best comic book convention on the planet it's held in chicago every year casey and i have been going for several years now and uh i am looking forward to it hopefully this doesn't hinder like the COVID everything doesn't hinder like who shows up, you know, hopefully the guest list is still cool and, and everything's kind of chill by then, but I guess we'll see. I just don't like this December 10th through the 12th. Like I dropped so much money at C2E2 and that's like me getting Christmas presents time for people. So yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm a movie will buy stuff for myself. Gosh, darn it. Well, hey, the money that you would have spent in March, just put it back and save it for December. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you give me some of your news? Okay. Um, so this, I just thought this was kind of exciting. Tim Sale has a sketchbook on Kickstarter. A bunch of different rewards like a you know Kickstarter has. But one that I thought was pretty cool is we could drop $100 and then we could get him on a Zoom call. And it doesn't say anything about recording said Zoom call, but... Just think if we could get him on this podcast, like we got him on the JC Power Hour all those years back. That's true. Man, you think he'd remember us? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That is cool, though. Yeah. Tim, like Tim was a really nice guy the couple times I met him. Mm -hmm. But he definitely didn't seem the type to to be like, yeah, I'll do this tier for a Zoom call. Yeah. You know, he was like kind of just a quiet, reserved guy, so... Uh, but, but that's very cool. Yeah. I think he, I, like I saw one, I think it might be a higher up tier. It might've been on someone else's thing altogether where they'll, I think it was someone else's thing. So this has nothing to do with this, but the artist would draw while and like talk to you while on the zoom call. And then you get the sketch. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Which was like about like when I met George Perez the first time, like he would just, he'd just sit and he'd just talk to you while he drew a really awesome sketch. And he's like, here you go. $25. You're like, how? Right. <laughs> I do remember that. Didn't you get Spider-Man? Yeah. Cause he, right and he was like, not much goes on with Spider-Man's face. So I'm going to throw in some webbing cause it's just boring otherwise. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, did you see the first picture from the Spider-Man 3 movie came out? I did not. I'm going to Google that right now. Well, it's nothing too exciting. It's just Tom Holland as Spider-Man wearing a like face mask over his Spider-Man mask. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't he know that his mask is one of the few superhero masks that actually works against COVID? 
Yeah, I guess not. And he's supposed to be a genius. Right. But anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, I do want to say this, and people will probably disagree. I'm not that hot on the Tom Holland, like, Spider-Man costume itself. Really? I thought both the Toby and, like, even the Andrew Garfield one were better. So, yeah, yeah, that's where we disagree. I think his is, costume-wise, probably the best. I mean, I do like that the eyes move. That's pretty neat. But otherwise, I like the other ones better. Yeah, like I, I'd say design-wise, I think his is the best. I hate that it's an Iron Man armor. But as far just like yeah, just the way it looks, I think it looks the best right now. And then like Tobey Maguire's is like one B, you know, like those are like one A, one B. But sure. Then Andrew Garfield's is like D. <laughs> um, so there's a artist that I really like. He does a lot of the Godzilla stuff. His name's Matt Frank. He now officially works with Marvel. Like he just he did all he all I saw was a tweet that he says like officially with Marvel. So I don't know if it's an exclusive, if he's gonna be able to draw Godzilla again, if you know, if they're just gonna put him on Ultraman and say, have at it. But that could be exciting. Uh I hope he gets to draw like Fin Fang Foom and some other fun monsters. Right. Usually if someone's exclusive, um they just can't work for like DC okay. or, you know, vice versa. I wasn't sure how at IDW least most worked. of the time. Right. I mean, I mean, it, you know, I'm sure every contract's different too. They could be like, no more of that Kaiju stuff, mister. Like, We're going to put <laughs> you on runaways. <laughs> you would still love that though. I mean, I would still like that, but it's also like, boy, this is the worst use of his talent. <laughs> <laughs> That is exciting, though. I hope that he does get to do Ultraman or something that, that fits his wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, they Marvel would be really stupid for not to put him on Ultraman. Like, yeah. at least have him do variant covers, because he, or like, heck, just spend like the hundred and some bucks and buy one of the variant covers that he's already drawn for, you know, like with the blank covers that he bought a bunch of and was drawn, like, because those are still awesome and it yeah. works. Right. Well, I'm sure we'll know soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is exciting for fans of Chris Claremont or X-Men in general. I saw today that there is a new comic series coming out called X-Men Legends, which will see Chris Claremont, Fabian Nietzsche, and Brett Booth return to the X-Men. They will be all new in continuity stories, but told during that 90s like run timeline that they were originally in. So... Mm-hmm. If you like 90s X-Men or uh, 80s X-Men, that's something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that should be pretty awesome. Yeah. And so my last bit of news, I thought this was kind of neat. Now, like they've announced a couple different people for Stargirl. I didn't write down the names for who they got for Eclipso and who they got for uh, Shade. But this one had me pretty excited. Thunderbolt is going to be the next season of Stargirl, and he's going to be voiced by Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) That is fun. I didn't see any of that casting stuff, but the end of the first season got me all sorts of hype for season two, and hearing that uh, is... (laughs) You know, you just laugh when you think of Jim Gaffigan, right? He's just a funny guy, and he, he fits that role well, so that's cool. 
All right, and my last bit of news, man, probably should have ended on the good one with X-Men, but, uh, <laughs> you know, how much we loved Three Jokers, right, Casey? I mean, I still need to read it, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to love the last issue. Oh, God, well, you're not. <laughs> but anyway, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank are putting out a one-shot prequel to The Three Jokers. Now, they say that it is integral to the upcoming DC Omniverse, and it's going to be titled Batman Universe. And it's said to, like, set some of the groundwork for Batman going forward. Which doesn't really make sense, because the whole point of Omniverse is to be let them do what they want in or out of continuity. But, uh, you know. I I just have, like, this really stinking suspicion that Omniverse is going to be another New 52, where they're like, oh, yeah, you can do what you want. And then they're like, but not that. Never that. We will tell you what you can do. And you are going right. to like it. Yeah, it's really it's really hard telling. I I can't wait till we get some more info on this omniverse stuff. But I have a feeling it's you know, probably not gonna be till the start of the year after Future State is done with. Yeah. But all right, well hey, that wraps up the news. So let's take a quick advertising break. And we'll be back to talk some comics. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get right into the comic books we read this week. Casey, which ones did you read, my friend? I read John Walker, USA Agent. Or US Agent, sorry. The A's capitalized it. Threw me <laughs> off. Uh, Guard- Empire Aftermath, Guardians of the Galaxy, number eight. The Rise of Ultraman, number three. Crossover, number one. Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood, number one. Dark Knight's Death Metal, Justice League, 56. Thor, number nine. And Batman 102. What about you, man? I read Sonic the Hedgehog, 33. Ooh, gotta go fast. (laughs) Neil Gaiman's... You're ridiculous. <laughs> Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology, number two. The Devil's Red Bride, number one. Thor, number nine. Batman, 102. Dark Knight's Death Metal Justice League, 56. And Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood, number one. Nice, man. So you want to go first? You want me to? Oh, I'll go first, I suppose. Right. So... Sonic the Hedgehog 33. This was about some of the like side characters and not so much Sonic, which I thought was pretty neat. So uh, Rouge the Bat, along with uh, Cream, Jamerl, and... Um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on Cream's little chow's name. Tails? Wow, this is embarrassing. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, oh, it's cheese. <laughs> Cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they go to this like icy, snowy world in the Sonic universe, and Rouge is looking for uh, the certain treasure that she wants that's going to help out Team Sonic. But to do so, they have to go undercover is like chow racers 
So they put cheese <coughs> into the big chow race, and uh, cheese makes the qualifying round, which uh, which puts them on the radar of this mysterious like treasure hunter guy who's who's also kind of running the chow races, and um, <coughs> he invites Rouge up to his like room, which is also where he keeps all of his treasure. So. She's scoping stuff out, and he said, you know, I think your chow has a lot of potential in uh, the actual, like, the big race. So um, if you win the race, I'll let you take whatever you want, like one item out of my treasure room in exchange for your chow. So uh, Rouge agrees to it, but obviously with good intentions... Uh, says that she's not going to give cheese up that she's just doing this to uh to bamboozle this guy so um so that sets up for a big chow race next time and then in the meantime shadow runs into this mysterious hooded figure who you know it's one of those gasp it's you sort of things but we don't know who it is yet till next issue yeah um, so obviously it's going to be somebody we've seen before that's supposed to be a pretty big deal if they're giving Shadow a run for his money. So that all happens in that snowy world, and uh, it's a lot of setup, but it's pretty cool because, Casey, I don't know if you played, did you play Sonic Adventure Yeah. or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, Chow Races were a part of that game too, and uh, so it's just like a big nostalgia factor for me. I like seeing... Uh, the race and all that so and i'm a sucker for like snow or ice levels in video games so it was cool to see all the sonic stuff with that but it sure was pretty neat i always love these sonic issues so i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten nice dude i think it's funny that like my whole actually my whole brain when you were talking about like this guy doing chow races and he's like it's gonna get more intense it's like he does secret underground chow fighting rings too and that's what he wants cheese for. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how they want you to view this guy. Yeah. It's just like a real scumbag. But uh, but I don't think they're going to go quite that route. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my first one that I'm going to talk about is John Walker, U.S. agent. And this is by Priest and George Ginti on the art. And... I'm just going to start off by saying, like, I don't know much about U.S. Agent, so, like, my knowledge doesn't, you know, isn't going to, like, give, like, if you're a big U.S. Agent fan, you might not like this, but I really did. Like, you have, it's kind of like telling the story backwards at first, like, you know, you have all these people, like, being interviewed, talking about how U.S. Agent screwed up, and then it go, it cuts to, basically, this, like, place and it's like people keep like this guy delivers a pizza and the dude pulls a gun and then he's like open it up and he opens it up looks at the pizza and he tosses the dude in the basement and there's it's just full of pizza delivery drivers you're like what the heck is going on then he gets this other guy who it's like it's not really revealed that this guy's just some weird random dude that is somehow awesome and tough but he's another you know pizza pizza guy and he just beats up u.s agent like u.s agents trying to fight and then the dude's just like oh i just know kung fu <laughs> and he's like i just work for this pizza company i'm six years old 
And so, like, they end up, like, you know, he ends up beating up the guy, and he gets a call that he has to go to this place. And the pizza guy just comes along with him for some reason. And so then, yeah, it just it's kind of setting up to what they were talking about at the beginning. And it's, like I said, it's a lot of fun. I think there's, there's going to be something more going on with this pizza guy. I wouldn't be surprised if it's all in his head, like if no one else can see him but U.S. agent, if he's, you know, kind of cuckoo or something. But, yeah, Priest is a good writer. So if you're not, like, I'm going to say, if you are a U.S. agent fan, read it. If you're not, for sure read it because there's no way you wouldn't like it because it's really good. So I'd give it, like, probably an 8. Like, you know, it's it's solid. Right on. Because you were a huge fan of Priest Deathstroke Run, weren't you? I was, yeah. It was one of those things where, like, uh, honestly, I read the first issue. I was like, eh, wasn't too hot on it. And then, like, I think 90% of the people, I picked it up at the Batman vs. Deathstroke. I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty great. And I read it all, you know, from then on. <laughs> right. Very cool. All right. Next, I will talk about Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. And... This had art by Jerry Ordway. So it it picks up where the last one left off. Uh, the last story, or I mean the, the big story being when Loki shaves the head of Sif as a joke to Thor. And Thor is like, you better make this right or I'm going to take your head. So uh, Loki has some like a couple of dwarves these dwarf brothers present the gods with like the three best gifts they've ever seen and if they do that then uh you know they get to take loki's head and obviously there's just a bunch of good old-fashioned loki deceit involved with this but anyway the uh the dwarves end up making Gungnir, which is Odin's spear, and wherever he throws that spear, it will hit its mark. And then uh, an even cooler part, an oath taken on Gungnir is unbreakable. So that's how Odin gets his spear. And then uh, Loki has a head of golden hair made with real gold made to replace the hair that he shaved off of Sif. And the gold hair actually, like, acts as real hair does and fuses to Sif's scalp somehow because that's just, you know, you don't mm -hmm. question stuff in Norse mythology. That's just how it happens. Um, and then a pretty cool gift is he uh, he has, like, this scarf thing, and he hands it to... Um, hands it to the gods and says, you know, this this is skid blander and it just looks like a scarf, but if you unfold the scarf, it actually turns into a boat. And uh, just like the biggest, most awesome ship you can imagine. And then whenever you don't need it, you just fold it back up into the scarf. Nice. So those were Loki's gifts. And then the dwarf brothers present their gifts. And... Loki tried to sabotage the dwarf brothers because if they win, they get to decapitate him. But if, you know, if he wins, he's fine. So he was like, he turned into a fly and was biting the dwarf brothers 
while they were like working the forge and stuff to try to distract them so that they wouldn't mess up their gifts. But anyway, uh, they present Dropnir, which is a gold arm ring where every ninth night, eight gold rings of equal beauty drip from it. Uh, so that, you know, that's what Odin would present to his most loyal followers with these amazing gold rings. And then uh, he made a golden boar where its bristles glow in the dark and it would pull uh, Frey's chariot across the sky faster than the fastest horse could carry it. And then the final gift was Mjolnir, which he obviously gave to Thor. And in Norse mythology, Mjolnir could change its size. It could grow like super big or so small that Thor could like keep it in his shirt pocket. And uh, the thing about Norse mythology, Mjolnir, is that it can't break, no matter what, no matter how who he hits, what he hits, how hard he hits it, it will not break. So obviously, the gods thought that the dwarf brothers' gifts were even better than Loki's. So they like hold him down, and Loki's like, wait, wait, wait. I said that you could have my head, but in order to get my head, you'd have to cut up, cut me at the neck. And that's outside of the terms that we set. And the gods were like, oh man, you got us there, Loki. <laughs> so instead, uh, the dwarf brother that uh, presented the gifts took his stitching all and poked holes in Loki's face and sewed his mouth shut so that he could tell no more lies. Oh, wow. And that's the story of how the gods got all their, like, cool, awesome stuff that we always hear about in their stories. It was really cool to see this uh, drawn in the way that it was, especially by the legendary Jerry Ordway. So, this, I don't know, this this comic series is just super cool. If you love mythology at all, like, this this is the way to, to see it presented. It's It's one thing to, like you know, listen to a podcast like Myths and Legends or whatever, or read about these in a book, but to see it in this medium is super fun, and I'm really enjoying it, so I'm I'm going to go 8.5 on this one. Nice, man. Okay, so Empire Aftermath, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 8 by Al Ewing and Marcio Takara. And so this, like, last issue, I was like, ah, oh, this issue is just a filler for this much cooler issue coming up. And it's like Al Ewing just finds a way to make every single issue of this series a filler issue. Like, because you have, like, Rocket drunk going around, like, figuring out, you know, who killed who and all this stuff, and there's some neat stuff, but it's like, this is, first off, this isn't a Rocket Raccoon book. It should be a team book. And I'm complaining because, like, the reason why I'm reading this is two of my favorite characters are in this book. And it's like, I think Hercules said three things, and I think Nova said about five. And it's like, and then, like, you had, uh, oh, there was a Shatari character in here that was like a living bomb. And it takes um, Bilevel, Hercules, Nova, and I think even Marvel Boy to hold him off. He's a Shatari. Those guys aren't known to be overly tough. They're like, they're cannon fodder guys. Like you have all of these like high end guys going at it, and you know with a one Shatari, it was just really stupid to me that it's just like I get it, Al. 
you clearly don't know these characters, but come on. And he has, like, so many different little stories going on amongst all those little characters, but he doesn't want to write about it. He just wants to have it all the focus be on Rocket. Like, that's how, like, every issue's been. It's like he'll introduce, like, these little fun things, and then maybe he's just going with a slow burn on them all, but it's like you're not giving enough attention to all of the other characters. And, heck, you don't even give enough attention to your plot all the time. So, yeah, I'm just not I'm not feeling this. And it's just like, the more I read Alan Ewing's stuff, the more I don't like it. But I will say the way they ended up winning, because there's a, per, a person that's very much like, um, it's of the same family as the Collector and Grandmaster and all that stuff. And they're pro- you know, going to be profiting off the wars, and that's why she's causing all these issues. And it just ends with, like, the way they end up, you know, figuring out how to beat her, because she wants to start up another war. When this person's, like, one of the people, you know, monster, like, not monsters, aliens there is like, excuse me, I have an urgent call. Yes, this is Zorzagupa. I see. Yes, at once. Wh- whoever you can, and more neighboring systems. Is there more information? Thank you. Goodbye. And he's like, what was that? What, what was so important? The end. The end of everything. And then he... You know, he explains how his world is completely destroyed and how more, you know, more worlds are going to be destroyed and stuff. And so then she's just, and how it's going to bankrupt her, basically. And so then, there, you know, she's like, okay, fine. And she leaves and takes the Shatari with her. And then uh, Super Scroll's like, how do you convince her you're telling the truth? Oh, it's quite simple. I was telling the truth. <laughs> Which I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. But there, it's this yeah. is just a build-up issue for stuff with Noel. So it's just like, oh, this is this whole little like two issues was just another filler. So that's cool. And then the next, like the next time in Guardians of the Galaxy, it looks like Peter Quill's back. So I guess that's neat. I'm just like, I want to love this book so much, and he just keeps giving me reasons not to. It's it's upsetting on a lot of levels. Um, so yeah, I'd probably give this a five. I'll uh, no, I'm gonna go four. Well, dang! I hope it gets better for you, man. Yeah. I mean, either way, I'm gonna keep buying it, keep complaining about it. So what are you, what are you gonna do? I mean, my thought after hearing you say that is maybe he has to wait to like move forward with it after the null stuff starts, you know, maybe, but I think you're giving him too much credit. Cause it's just like this whole series, it was like, Oh, we're building up to this thing. And then they, they had like an issue with it. And then it's like a quick, you know, like a, a quick resolution. And then they're like, okay, now we got the new thing we're building up to. And then it's like, Hey, our resolution is going to be told in flashbacks at a therapy meeting. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, you do a lot right. of build up to this stuff. But never once does it actually amount to anything, because for some reason, he doesn't like writing endings, which, again, it shows up with that in Immortal Hulk. Sure. All right. Well, I will move on and talk about The Devil's Red Bride, number one. This was written by Sebastian Garner and art by John Bibbins. Bivens. Uh, I picked this up because the cover looked cool. It looks like a like a neat samurai story, and it was kind of giving me some Mulan vibes. 
So this like rich family that has like a bunch of people fighting for them during this war. Uh, there's the, the family's ancestral suit of armor and you're made to think that it's the son of the, you know, the man uh, in charge of the family. You're made to think that his son is like leading the charge in all these battles, but it turns out it's not the son, it is the daughter. And since the armor has a, like this cool demon mask, um, she's able to take his place and they just like change whenever, you know, the battle's over in the tent. So we see some fighting going on during one of the wars. And then uh, we cut to some drunk Ronin, um, like threatening and being a real jerk to this lady outside of a, and I guess you'd call it a bar, an inn or something like that. And this lady shows up with a hat that covers her face. And she's like, you know, leave this gal alone or we're going to have problems. And he's like, okay, well, if you want to talk to me like a man, I'm going to treat you like a man. And he pulls out his sword to do something about it. And the chick just annihilates him in one-on-one -on -one combat with her. Very cool katana. And the lady's like, look, I appreciate you standing up for me, but I wish you wouldn't have done that. And then this group of people comes out and... They're like, hey, that guy you just killed was supposed to, like, escort us to whatever place so that we can get uh, revenge for our family being destroyed in this war. He's like, so either you do it or, you know, this chick's in trouble. And so the, the gal, like, pulls out her katana again because she's going to deal with this whole group by herself. And, and the lady that she saved is like, no, please don't kill them. Like, there, I, I need to be honorable and and take them to this place. And I was much of the guide as he was. So, the the mystery lady decides that she will be the lady's escort as well, just to keep her safe. Since she put her in this mess, and uh, yeah, and that's kind of kind of what the first issue was. So, it was super cool. I I like the twist that it was the daughter, it's, you know, spoiler alert, obviously, and not the son. And I'm curious what this whole revenge plot has to do with the bits and pieces of the war that we saw prior. And I'm invested in this book. So uh, it's done by Vault Comics. So if you like, you know, some independent stuff or if you like samurai stories, I definitely suggest it. It's cool. I give it a nine out of ten. Thanks, man. Yeah, it sounds pretty neat. Yeah. I'll be honest, I had, did not even hear about it. So, <laughs> like, when you said that name, I was like, what in the world is that? Oh, I know. Like, sometimes as I'm doing the order form, you know, uh, you just click on stuff and, like, oh, that cover looks neat, and then I order it for myself. Yeah. And so I had forgotten because I placed the order two months ago and was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this book. <laughs> this looks awesome. Right on. Okay, so my next one is The Rise of Ultraman by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom, with art by Francisco Mana. And so, this is, it takes up, like, the main character, uh, I'm gonna find his name really quick, so I don't just have to keep calling him the main character, but, um, 
uh, Shin. He wakes up in the hospital after making contact with Ultraman in the last issue and basically letting him, Ultraman, live in his head and they're kind of, you know, buddies. And it just kind of flushes more out with what's going on with him and Ultraman, like how long he can use the salt. Because he ends up looking for his maybe just friends, maybe there's, there's a little bit of romance there, uh, Kiki, and goes to help find her and there's a monster and the monster looks like a baragon to kind of rip off but so he goes he goes there to try to you know save her and he gets to turn into ultraman for a little bit so that was pretty neat but he doesn't he hasn't grown big yet so i don't know when that's gonna happen and yeah there's like the the person drew basically baragon so that was pretty cool um and it ends pretty crazy it was kind of like an Al Ewing ending, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I liked it. Like this is one of my favorite issues of this series so far. Like the first two, I was pretty kind of cool on. This one, I liked. I'd give it a seven. It's just pretty good. Okay. Uh, well, the the four I have left are ones that we both read. So, all right. So I'm gonna talk about crossover by donny cates and jeff shaw so basically the the premise of this book is like if you if you can think of like every superhero ever um all came up in one town and then they all start just fighting each other and they start destroying you know destroying all this stuff and all this nonsense and it's just like real people can't really deal with that you know and so trying to see where it says where the big crossover was happening um colorado and so then uh uh, one of them like decided to like make a a few months into the crossover one of the supers had the bright idea to put forest field around the whole of colorado so they you know put the big bubble around and they're like lots of people are anti supers now. And so like there's a part in a comic book shop where someone's trying to sell comics and all that type of stuff. And there's a girl that dresses up like a superhero. She gets a lot of hate and outside the comic book shop, it's like a lot of the evangelical type people that are like, you know, basically talking about how superheroes are a blight against God and all this stuff. And so she's like, you know, she goes in there and they, they see someone that looks like they're stealing something. And so they go to grab it and it turns out that the person that might be stealing something ter- is a um, person from the comic books. Not really a superhero, but she's a comic book character. And so they don't know what to do. And then the evangelicals decide, you know, blow the place up. And yeah, it's this series, I'm not going to lie, is just super cool i didn't know what to expect coming into this and then what i got i was like it's not what i expected but i absolutely loved it it's a great first issue it's a great issue in general um if your shop still has any jake you need to read it but i bet you sold out i give it a 10 almost immediately yeah like (laughs) you need to read it when you get the chance because it is like i said i absolutely loved it that's good man i'm glad you liked it um how okay i'm gonna suggest an order here unless you have more books no i have the same 
same final four. Okay. Can we do Justice League, Wolverine, Thor, Batman? Sure. I was doing, the way I had mine stacked was Wolverine, Justice League, Thor, Batman, because it isn't Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC. <laughs> hey, well, there you go. That works, too. <laughs> now let's do Wolverine. Okay. So just like general thoughts, what did you think of this? I liked it. This is, a, it's about exactly what I wanted from this book. You know I mean, it's like, this is exactly what I expected and it lived up to those expectations. What about you? Uh, yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. It's like, if you've ever read black, Batman black and white, it's just like that. Just gritty, like cool short stories with Wolverine, just using three colors and the stories were all cool and the art was amazing. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. Which, I will definitely be getting the rest of it. Which story was your favorite? Um, I was, I was kind of a sucker for, uh, the last one. Yeah. Uh, in, in order of favorites, I would say, third second first okay which which is really ideal for reading yeah. right <laughs> and, and by the um, and really quick by the way the the writers yeah. on this the first one is the, called the yeah. beast within them and it's by gary duggan and adam hubert and then i shall be a wolf by matthew rosenberg and joshua kassara and then cabin fever by declan shawley yeah um i just i like the last one so much because i feel like if I had walked in on that situation, I would have done exactly the same thing that he did. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, I'm just a huge fan of Declan Shalvey's art. I think he's awesome. He was great when he did Moon Knight, and Wolverine is definitely the same. But mm-hmm. uh, but which one was your favorite? Mine would be the second one, but it'd be second, third, the first one. Like, I like the first one, but it's... Like, for me, personally, there's not a lot of meat to... A, like the Weapon X Wolverine stories, like I think they're okay, but I've just, you kind of see one, you've seen them all. So that's why I wasn't yeah. the hottest on that one. Like it's still good, but it's like, cause they're all good. The Wolverine, you know, the Weapon X ones, but that second one where, where he's just killing Hydra people, it's so yeah. bonkersly cool and yeah. so awesome. And I'm always a sucker for a cool Nick Fury team up. Yeah. I'll say this, though. I think my favorite, as much as I just gushed over Declan Shelby, I think my favorite art was in the first one by yeah. Adam Kubert. No, that art is fantastic. And even the story itself, even though I kind of crapped on it, it's still a great story, too. Like, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely it. It's all just really fantastic. I mean, it's kind of like only downside is I kind of feel like it might be downhill from here because this one's so good. i feel that but hopefully not hopefully we get some more cool stuff um i i'd give it a i'd give this one an eight as well see i'd probably give this a nine i really loved it cool all right well next is justice league i'll let you take point all right so this is by uh joshua williamson with robinson roca on the art and yeah, it just kind of picks up where the last one left off. There was one part that I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if you had the same thought that I did, but um, Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman, depending on you know if you're feeling nasty or not, uh, is fighting the uh, Mind Hunter, and 
you know, he's got all this power and stuff, and you know, he's also messing with Martian Manhunter at the same time. And one thing, that, like this, like I said, this is what I thought was really funny, is Manhunter uses his heat vision on her nth metal mace, and he, you know, he hits it because he's like, oh, you're part Manhunter, you're not just part bat, so you have a weakness to fire. It's like, he's part human. Humans are weak to fire, too. It's not just you, man. <laughs> but So I thought that was really funny. But yeah, you, you get to see some stuff with uh, Nightwing's horsey. And yeah, I mean, this was better than the last couple, probably. Oh, you kinda, by a long shot. Yeah, like you can kind of see like the actual team coming together and all this stuff. And yeah, like, it was pretty neat. But I'm s- still not quite feeling this Justice League stuff yet but uh, and uh, like also with the fact that old detective chimp might have died just you know right way to break my heart yeah it's just such a like big change from the last few we've had where like stuff's actually happening yeah so i was i was getting kind of into it especially with robson roca's art because he is insane you know i really like the part where uh where Mindhunter transforms into like the monster thing yeah. while he's, uh, you know, when he says kill you and then like transforms, it was super cool. You know, like I just kind of noticed this new cyborg costume. He kind of looks like Deadshot. I think it's just the eye thing, but that's like when I, like you randomly look at him, you kind of see like there's one page where it's like a full body and he's kind of like got the jacket. It's red. He's got the little eye thing and like the way his arm looks, it looks like he's got like the little, pistol on his hand i'm like he kind of just looks like like a dumb looking dead shot costume like an alternate dead shot yeah and see i had the same feeling about hawk girl yeah um, they basically gave her the the head armor of the new 52 Hawkman, which was really bad in my opinion yeah it's not good and it just like as much like Robson Roca did it as well as he could have, but I still think that it's very Liefeldy mm-hmm. looking, and I'm just not a fan of that. But I did really like the uh, the Heat Vision like charged into metal mace. I thought like I I just like when teammates work together to yeah. make weapons cooler, and that was like super cool. Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about Martian Manhunter and her together. It's a weird it's a weird coupling. Yeah, it is. It's like they just felt bad for Manhunter yeah. being single for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at least we didn't get any more of the, well, I'm not working with Lex, even though we've been with him for three whole issues. I'm glad we're past that. In all fairness, they don't count days and issues. They're like, it's only been 20 minutes for us. <laughs> yeah, but they should know the three issues for us is three months in a long time. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I think I, I hope that chimp is not dead because I like him too. And I mean, you know, at the, the last page is kind of whatever. Cause we know that Lex is going to be like, don't fight. Cause we got to stop the whatever, yeah. but it was still a neat cliffhanger. Yeah. And really quick, I just remembered something. I didn't write it down, but this is like a little bit, a little bit of, added news on uh, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. He was the voice of the flash and he was also Lex Luthor in Smallville. He had a mm-hmm. mini reunion episode of justice league where he interviewed oh. the whole cast, except for Kevin Conroy. He's already interviewed him. So he didn't have him on cause he was too busy, but he had the rest of the cast 
And then they, he wrote like a little stupid, um, like sketch where Batman needs to get a sweater cause his bat nipples are po- keep poking too much. So he has to buy a sweater at the mall and they're all, all at the mall together. And it's pretty funny and it's pretty neat cause it's just like a bunch of old friends getting back together that you get to hear about. And they're like wanting it cause the 20th anniversary is coming up or it was that it's, the, it is this year and they want to do a reunion, like a proper one. So that's awesome. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I want to listen to that. Yeah. So I listened to it while I was in the tractor today, so I, I forgot to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, what would you give this episode out of 10? Uh, I'd give it probably, probably a seven. Like it's just solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's exactly how I felt about it too. It was such a, and I don't even want to say breath of fresh air, but it really kind of was compared to the last few, even though it wasn't like, you know, a stellar issue. It was in the right direction. Yeah. So hopefully the next one builds upon this and is better. Yeah, you know, I'm having, I have a feeling the next one is going to be very much like just a fun old time. Like it, it's going to be hard yeah. not to be. Sure. All right. Next, then we've got Thor number nine written by Donnie Cates with art by Nick Klein. Now, Casey, did you get the chance to read Thor Volume 1 before this? No, I didn't. I've been working, like, okay. probably close to 13 hours a day since Friday. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, what did you think of it then, uh, since you didn't get to read the other stuff first? Uh, I thought it was all right. Like, I'm. it's been a good long while since I've read Matt Fraction's run, but I remember he had something with Donald Blake in it that... I think Donnie Cates kind of retconned, if I remember correctly. It wasn't quite like this. And then I also, like, you and me differ on this. I like Donald Blake. I always like that fact that, because originally he was supposed to be uh, just a human, and then he p- found the stick that Thor was, you know, Thor was put mm-hmm. into. And then that's been all retconned to heck, and I don't like that as much. So with this... The fact that they're changing stuff, it kind of does annoy me, as it does just with comic book people. But it's a fine story, and I'm interested to see where it goes. What do you think? I liked it quite a bit, actually. Uh, I mean, that dude, that Donald Blake, Donald Blake stuff has hasn't really been around in a long yeah. time. So like that didn't bother me at all because it's like, all right, well we haven't seen him in like, I mean. A, it would 10, have 15 years, maybe 10. Cause like I said, it was Matt fractions run and I was still working at the movie theater when that was out. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I liked it. I think I liked that Donnie Cates came up with this crazy story for a character that people don't really talk about or remember too much. Um, and we're, we're just going to see what happened with him and his crazy little world. I do think it's, I, I want to know how he came to power in this world because to be able to, to kill the world serpent, Jormungandr is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of like the stuff they're doing with Loki where he's like, I'm tired of everybody crapping on me. I don't want to be the God of Lies <laughs> anymore. I just want to tell stories. Um, but there's also that shred of me that knows Loki and knows that it's probably not true. 
but mm-hmm. he always makes you think that it is true, and that's what's cool about Loki. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely interested in where this is going, um, and I think that this crazy new Donald Blake Thor looks really cool, um, and Nick Klein's art is just, I mean, S tier art as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So. I liked it a lot. I'm giving it a nine on issue number nine and I'm looking forward to the rest of the, the arc. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a seven. Like I do. It makes, it does make me want to go back and reread fractions just to see. Cause I, it was cause fractions run, especially with the Donald Blake stuff was out there as you can probably yeah. imagine. So, cause did you read that or no? I did read that. Yeah. Okay. So what happened with like really quick, what happened with Donald Blake in that? Because I forget, because it's it's been like I read it when it came out, new. So it's so it it hasn't been that long for me, but dude, I I read it like the year that I got the shop, so it's been a okay. good five years for me, and I actually don't remember either. Okay. I remember liking it, uh, but but I don't know. Because like I remember Enchantress turned him into like a monster, and like he dated right. Enchantress, or you know he like he hooked up with Enchantress, thinking that oh blah blah, blah and then he, she turns into like a monster. So, like, I don't know how he would have gone from that to being in other, you know, this other world thing that he's in. Well, he did mention that it was just, like, crafted from Odin. So, real, I mean, Odin's kind of a deus ex machina where whatever they need to happen, it's, yeah. oh, it's because Odin did and he can do whatever he wants sort of thing. Fair so enough. It sounds like Donnie was just like, nah, I need Donald for the story I want to do, and then that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, and yeah, no, it, like I said, it was cool. I'm I'm gonna keep reading this for a little while until I get to the point where I'm like, ah, this hippie's got too if long a hair. You get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that you like it enough that you want to keep with. Yeah, it. no, I mean, I hope so too. I mean, it's been my hope and dream for years that you would read Thor. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was I was reading Thor before you, sir. Oh, I know, but you've been out of it for a while. I know. Back in my day, he wasn't wearing all this emo crap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Boomer. Well, let's get into into Batman, huh? Okay, let's do it. So, Batman 102 by James Tynan IV. And then I'm going to go to the last page, apparently, to get the artist's name. And Carlo Pagulayan. Would you say that's right? Yeah, close enough, I yeah. guess. I'd... Uh, and he's on, you know, there, he's on the art, and so you're there's this new new guy in town who turns like turns out he is an old buddy of Bruce's, and by front buddy I mean an acquaintance that also trained at the same time he did, and they don't like each other very much. It turns out, and it's pretty cool though. Like, I really like his design, and. You have Harley Quinn trying to get an apartment, and James Tynan writes Harley Quinn really well, so that's always a delight. And then there's some Clown Hunter stuff going on, and he wants to kill Harley. And so, yeah, and then we have Batman and um, the Ghost Maker go at it, and they're going to, you know, set up a fight for Gotham. So it's pretty cool. I kind of hope, like... 
nothing too bad happens to Ghostmaker, and he gets his own series because he looks all sorts of cool. He definitely does. Definitely gets some Iron Fist vibes, like back in his early days with his uh, his mask. Oh yeah. But I I do really love his modern day costume, and you know he he's. I don't. I don't even want to call him a villain, right? He's more of an anti-hero. Yeah. But he's one that you can get behind because he's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I I hope that that he does stick around, like you said, and I also hope that uh, the Batgirl sticks around as. And when I say Batgirl, I mean Barbara Gordon sticks around as Oracle. And I'm thinking maybe she will. I know I keep coming back to this whole Cassandra and Stephanie being the Batgirls thing, but. Uh, Barbara says, seeing Cassandra and Stephanie wear the bat symbol gave me some ideas. And she's like, I don't know if I'd do more good out on the streets as Batgirl or at the computer as Oracle. So, I mean, I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good idea. I think it, I'm going to say this. I think it'd be cool if they didn't even, if they didn't even stop it. Just the two Batgirls. I've been saying this for like different books for years. It's like they try, they want to try to be, find new ways to be more inclusive with these you know, with like for different groups of people, it's like just make a Batgirls book so you can have like basically you can cover basically everything with that. You know, so you're like, oh, we have a new uh, handicapped character that we want to use, and you know that's not going to sell a lot of books normally. We'll put the Bat logo on her, and she'll be in you know three issues, having you know helping Barbara do this and teaming up with Stephanie and you know doing this type of stuff and all that you know. And then you just see, like, oh, right. if that issue sold really well, then we can keep using her. And if, they, if you know, they have this other character that they toss in, it doesn't sell really well, okay, we won't use her again. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, basically, that's what they did with Duke's first book, right? We Are Robin. Yeah. It's all these kids that saw Robin and wanted to be like that. They could do that with Batgirl think, for sure. I think that'd be awesome. And then you have just, yeah. just make the one... Thing that's like a stationary thing in that book barbara gordon as oracle yeah and absolutely. you know and that's all you really need you can just use whatever you want and make it awesome i agree hopefully uh dc listens to this podcast and hires us to be idea men yeah that's all we'll just pitch we'll just like throw ideas at them and they're like guys <laughs> we can't be making a 800 books that are all basically the same thing <laughs> but back to the book it was really cool um when i saw that jorge jimenez wasn't on it i was like oh man but really the the art was really awesome especially the batman ghostmaker fight stuff like it was super cool and i'm really looking forward to the next issue i agree dude which is something i you know, prior to Joker War, haven't been able to save for a while, so it's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, no, this um, is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give this one a nine. Yeah, I'm gonna go with an eight. Like, I really liked it. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I don't know. I just I, I gave I gave some other stuff that I liked more nine, so I can't. Yeah, can't keep it the same. Right on. All right, so let's talk about what we're excited for in the coming week. Okay. If you have your list pulled up, then feel free to go ahead. All right. So I am pretty pumped for Flash, as is tradition. And then um, 
I'm gonna say Taskmaster. I'm like I'm looking forward to that. I didn't even know that was gonna be a book. I forgot all about it, you know, being a thing. So I'm like, heck yeah. And then I'll say Wolverine. I'm gonna give that a try. So gotta keep up cool. with, you know, trying out the new Marvel books. What about you, man? Well, I'll say honorable mention Taskmaster. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters, and I, I hope that this new miniseries is cool. Um, definitely Hawkman. It's the final issue of the whole series. It's been a, just a great run, and I'm sad that it's coming to an end, but I hope that the, the last issue is just like a blockbuster for Venditti, and it ends well. Yeah. And then, let's see here. Um, probably the next issue of Sonic since I talked up uh, the the previous issue so much and then just to not be basic and say death metal I will say who boy you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Darth Vader I outside the podcast read the last issue which was the start of an arc about a new sith assassin trying to kill darth vader and it was cool yeah and this is supposed to be a continuation of the assassination attempt so um yeah those are my three all right right on yeah i'm kind of surprised because i was really thinking about saying death metal because it's got lobo in it but man it's like they're gonna have to win me back (laughs) dude that's exactly how i feel about it too they had me for so many issues, and then the last few were eh. So yeah. hoping that this brings me back in. All right. So do we have a first appearance that I have to get wrong? Yes, we do. Sweet. And it ties into our opener. Casey, can you tell me the first appearance of Rick Jones? Incredible Hulk number one, right? It is. Cool. I was, I was going for like a trick question to see if you'd know it, and you did, so... Yeah. Congrats. So another another little fun fact. You know why Hulk is gray in that, but then green, you know, after that? Is it something to do with Rick Jones? It, it is, actually. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, the ink, like, they, they printed it, and, like, with the gray, and, like, they couldn't get the gray right on every panel. So then, like, Stanley just came in, like, like I just make him green, green or something, and said, I don't care. And he stormed out. I don't know if that's how it went. I'm just assuming. <laughs> But he also yelled Excelsior yeah, he's like, on the way out. The Excelsior! Door. And he just like hit the top, like he like like how like when we were kids and we would jump and try to hit like you know the the door the top of the doorway. He would do that. <laughs> yeah, he was notorious sure. for that. Leaving as he left rooms, <laughs> even into his old age. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So now it's time for Fantastic Four. So the election lasted, I think, like four days longer than it should have because people don't know how to count. And like, I think they're still counting still, but it's been called, but just why don't you give me four comic book series that lasted way longer than they should have either just because it took forever for them to come out or because the writers just wouldn't stop writing, even though like it should have ended like ages ago. They just were like, no, I can keep pounding this out. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first one's obvious, and you even made a little note about it, but Doomsday Clock. It took 
two entire years for that book to to finish coming out and it really hurt the sales because yeah. by the end people just quit caring and like wasn't that supposed to be the like the setup to rebirth and then basically rebirth was going strong for two years by the time it was over <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the button came first, the Batman Flash okay. crossover, and this was supposed to be after that. But even so, it was supposed to be what brought the Watchmen back into the like regular DC universe. Okay. But it took either Jeff Johns or Gary Frank way too long. So yeah. Um, next, I'm going to say, and we talk about this every time it comes out, Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure now I, it might just be rumor, but um, Al Ewing, I heard, was only going to do like 20 or 25 issues. And then obviously the popularity exploded. And I don't know if he kept it going because of that or if editorial kept it going because of that. But I know Casey will agree that that should have ended about 20 issues ago. I think I just think he just writes and then he's like, no, like he just like looks at the camera that's in, you know, that he thinks is in his room. Like he's in the office. He's like, I don't know how to end this. Well, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> um, next I will say all of Bendis's Superman slash action comics titles, because why on earth would they give the same writer both titles to the same character? I think that's terrible. Mm hmm. Um, but that's been going on for way too long. And I know he's off of it in like December, but it should have been way before that. Yeah. And then I might catch some flack for this, but I'm going to say walking dead because that series started in like 2001 and it finished last year. And I know it was still wildly popular, but it's like, man, like how much can you really do with a zombie story? And the answer is apparently 153 issues, but, uh, and then like anyway, three TV shows. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it at first for a little bit, but then it's like, okay, well, it's just, it just keeps happening. Right. So yeah. I think that that just went on for way too long. Did you have any that, uh, that weren't any of those four? I mean, not, I, not right off, but my brain's been kind of, um, not, not a hundred percent, you know, like I said, spending about 14 hours a day in a tractor, it kind of, sure. kind of throws you off, throws you through a loop. My, my main thought was doomsday clock whenever I came up with this, but I was just like, ah, oh, let's keep it topical. Right. I, I was, I forgot to write it down, but I wanted you to answer it in the form of a question to honor Alex Trebek, but I forgot to write that down. Ah, well, I certainly would have. I know you would. You know, that, that is, that is a shame. Um, one of my one of my favorite college memories, uh, Casey and I have a mutual <laughs> friend named Callan, and we lived together in college, and I had an NES set up in my room, and many nights, Callan and I would get drunk and play Jeopardy on NES, and it was some of the best times we had at college, which tells you how wild and crazy my college days were, but uh, obviously... Trebek was a huge part of that, so it is a shame. I will say with that game, like, it's very specific knowledge. A lot of it is from the year the game came out. 
Yep. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> so if you know a lot about the 1980s, then you're going to do great yeah. on Jeopardy for NES. Um, most answers are like either Reagan, Gorbachev, or like leg warmers. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I think that brings us to the end of the episode, it right? Does. So let's do the closing plugs. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast. Also on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC. And you can find us on the gram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't at this point, you can like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. Now, we'd love to stay in chat, but we got to continue being best friends. So see you guys. Bye, guys.